3: The following program is rated TV M.A.L.S.V. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences.
2: Like grab your boobs.
3: You did. You
2: touchy did. I want to grab your boobs. It's, oh,
3: so your 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 touch your touch as well. Is am I rubbing off on you that my my lovely? No, because I'm
2: weirded out by you touching me right now.
3: <laughs> but <laughs> I love you so much. Hi, Scout. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm good. I am so good. I took a yoga class this morning. I took you blow dried your hair. I blew out my hair. I'm proud
2: of you. You're I, learning. I
3: blew out my hair because we have a special guest. Yeah to look my best.
2: I know why you wanted to look your best yes. too. And we're going to tell her why you wanted to look <laughs> your amazing. best. Yeah. So, um it's Valentine's Day everybody. Oh my
3: god. Happy my Valentine's. Holiday. Of
2: course it is, Scout.
3: Or my day. It's not a ho- you know it's not a holiday. It's not I it's I a Hallmark like, holiday. I love loving everyone every day. So,
2: it's my mom and my my mom and my grandpa's birthday would be today. My mom's Aww. birthday is today. My mom was born on my grandpa's 30th birthday, which was Valentine's Day.
3: Wow. Is not that nice? That is super sweet.
2: So, a little, little Aquarius baby. Oh,
3: I love it!
2: Valentine's Day. So, um, nice. because it's Valentine's Day, we decided to bring on someone that Scout and I both love, 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 love. She really needs no fucking introduction. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we're just gonna go down. I'm just gonna, just gonna rattle off a couple of things that you might know her from. I don't know. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Hostel Two. I'm gonna throw Roseanne in there because I'm gonna chat with her about that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God! I, I, um, Princess Diaries. Scream franchise. Um, there's a million things heather woohoo! thank you very much for joining us Yay!
1: thank you for having me oh
3: my goodness okay so we just met yeah we just met you guys at a convention and i do have your signature right there i literally i I found out that you are at the con and i went over to my agent i was like oh my god i have to meet her she's like i've been a fan of hers for forever and so I'm so glad that this has worked out and that we were able to get you on. You were so sweet. You're such a sweetheart. And thank you so much. A scout's going to
2: tell oh. you also. She talked to her mom oh my today. God. And she's, we're just going to dive right into it. She wants to tell you. Um, I what, wasn't sure if I wanted to tell her, Danielle. I'll tell her. She wanted to tell you what, what, what her, one of her first experiences watching you on film was. So...
3: I watched Welcome to the Dollhouse when I was not supposed to, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old little girl, and it was one of the movies that I would sneak into my bedroom just to watch. And I actually I started acting when I was eight, and I had this student film that I was doing, and it was to kiss um, a girl. And I remember watching that, and I learned how to kiss from your character in Welcome to the Dollhouse. and then my mom was like oh you do know that you had like a massive crush on her right and i was like oh my oh god my yeah god. you were like one of my first first girl crushes right 100% you kirsten Dunst, and then patrick Swayze. there was like oh the, my three god. You, the three of y'all
1: that is that is an excellent company um, <laughs> right <laughs> that is that is an excellent excellent company you know it's funny is that i started professionally acting at 7 Wow. And the first movie I did was an NYU short film. Oh, there you NYU go. NYU student short film. So.
3: Gosh, I have I learned so mm. much on those student films. I, I can't even tell you how many I did for USC, UCLA, everything. I mean, I, I, I loved it as a little kid, you know, being on set.
2: I'm surprised I never ran into you in auditions in New York back in the day. I mean, we, we might have when we were kids because I was there till I was 13 and I started at seven, too. But I don't know. Maybe we just kind of crossed paths here and there. I don't even yeah, think I saw I mean, you in L.A. either. Well, you were already like a star at that point.
1: But my question is, what were the roles that you were going out for as a kid?
2: Um, I was going out for the tomboy, the tough girl, the girl that didn't get the guy, the best friend. The more the character stuff. You know, I never I never was really like the the lead CW bullshit, you know, pretty girl next door. And which yeah. those were never fun anyway.
1: No, no. No,
2: they never, weren't. never did any of it's, that stuff.
3: The supporting
1: is always much more fun.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: yes. Right. A hundred percent. So you're
1: in, New, you're in New York right now, right? No, I'm in Los Angeles. You're
2: in LA. When did you move here? I
1: am. Moved here in September of 2014.
2: Okay. Got it. Were you happy to get out of New York?
1: I was, but I feel that uh, what New York did to my soul in 13 years, LA has done in half the time. Oh,
3: my God. No.
2: (laughs) See? (laughs) Oh, no. I feel your pain. It sucks here. I moved. I moved six months ago, and I'm just back now with working on some stuff with Scout, and I fucking hate it here.
3: But she's. Where do you live now? I'm in Austin. Yeah. She's out. I'm out. I'm
2: in the country. I'm like I'm in like the country.
3: But Heather, you were saying that you have like this amazing plan to to move out eventually, correct? Yeah, my my
1: wife is originally from Michigan, so I that is looking um, like the trajectory that we're going to be taking by the end of the year.
2: Yes. Get a big house on the lake
1: mm-hmm.
2: with some space and some, I don't know, just nature. room to breathe. I think nature, we, scout. and I always talk about it. I think nature just calibrates my nervous system. Yeah. I have to, like coming back, especially with, from conventions or work or whatever, you know, these, these traumatic roles that we take, being able to go home and just like decompress around there's Cows, no decompressing
3: in Los Angeles. No, <laughs> no I mean, it, Los Angeles more... is like waking up
1: in in your boss's office every day.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's true. Wow. <laughs> Maybe you know. That's what I feel <laughs> all the time. <laughs> OK, so I, I do want to talk about um, any of uh, memories that you have from Welcome to the Dollhouse. What was that audition process like?
1: I actually auditioned for another role. Mm. I auditioned for one of Don Weener's friends. Mm. And it was, I had just literally wrapped two days before I was playing Helen Keller in The Miracle Worker up at Jiva Theater in Rochester. Wow. And so I had been there from February. And then we closed the show because I think it got extended twice. And the 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 night that we're closing, my manager is there, uh, and and she says, "We have an audition for you, day after tomorrow." I think it was the day after tomorrow. Might have been like the next day. Um, and I went in, and it, it was like this big, huge room. I remember, just the room was massive. And Todd, Todd was there with uh, Anne Goulder, who was the casting director. And I, you know, did the thing, read the lines, and um, they asked me to go outside and wait. And then they asked if I would come back and audition for Dawn. <laughs> and so I went back in the room and did a cold reading of Dawn. And then uh, two days later, um, I was asked to come back in and, and do a call back, and I did that. And then found out I got it and we started shooting I think the end of June, beginning of July, when independent movies were were shot in two months as mm-hmm. opposed to yeah. you,
3: two weeks, ten yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> Seven yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. Man. And that I mean that pretty much like started everything. So I mean, how did you want to become an actress? Was that sort of I mean
1: like A, I hate the word actress. Yeah. I think it's- Minimizing and demeaning, you know. Um, whereas, like actor has that solid, yeah, foundation. The actress sounds very pithy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I often quote Morgan Freeman when I'm asked this question because he he had said when he had received I think his uh, Golden Globe award within the last decade he said I don't know if I chose acting or acting chose me. Mm, truth you know, and, and that's how it's, um, I, it, it's hard to explain. It's, it's, it's that experience of knowing, right. Where yeah. you don't know why, you know, but you know, and this is what I'm meant to be doing.
3: Yeah. It, we, we were talking about it the other day. It's like, you know, I, I had a really rough childhood yeah, growing too. up, like abuse and and stuff like that. And when my dad got custody of me, I I mean, I just they got me into like these acting classes and these things and becoming someone else because of the abuse and everything that I've been through as a child to mm-hmm. pretend to be someone else just came so naturally. And mm. that's that was my escape. And that's like what I wanted. And I didn't realize that acting was therapy. Mm. Still uh-huh. is, man. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. The shit that I can get out on a role in a movie.
2: I couldn't cry in real life, but I can cry on cue.
1: Yep. You know,
3: that's true. <laughs> you never, you, you never cry. No, dude, I
2: used to have to sit in my car. I remember breaking up with a boyfriend once and going, why do I feel just nothing? After five years, I feel nothing. And I had to go, I used to go sit in my car and only certain songs would make me cry. So I would put it on and I would try to cry and I would get it out and barely anything would come. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm good. And on to the next. I mean, for <laughs> me, set wow. ha- like set production had, um, and I've always, I always talk about this, had... The the structure that I needed mm-hmm. and surrounded by adults that I think also knew that I needed a little bit of extra care um and were concerned and I wasn't saying anything and my mom was pretty good like my mom was sort of hiding in the trailer she wasn't like a set mom by any means but I must have been showing other signs of duress where I had a lot of parents on set a lot of like cool parents directors and makeup artists Mm -hmm. and everything that really took the time and throughout the years made sure that I was okay so for me it saved my life but then of course you've got the kid actor thing where you're you end up doing drugs and getting fucking crazy Mm -hmm. and you know, addictions and everything else. And you, you're you're right. You're, we all teeter, I think, right at that time when we're like not getting the jobs that we've worked so yeah. hard for, where we go down the rabbit hole of, oh shit, now I'm, I'm doing this to myself and abusing myself. And I mean, for me, I cut my hair, I put on weight. I was like, fuck this business, fuck everything. I'm not going to get that role. I'm not going to get this role. I'm just going to go, I guess I'm done. You know, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but but it's a it's a slippery slope of uh, especially in L.A. You either this town will chew you up and spit you out so fast. So the fact that we're still all standing here and still working mm-hmm. is like even though it's a fight. Scout's like, yeah, I, oh, um, I'm
3: like, am I standing? You are. You <laughs> but, are standing. But, but I, I constantly feel that I constantly go through those episodes. It seems like every two months I'm going through that. Yeah. I literally am it's a it's a constant battle. It's a love hate relationship with this industry. In, yeah. And in this this job.
2: <laughs> but is it but is it for for me, I always felt okay when I was financially secure. You know, we all have that, like, if I just got the, if I just got the series, mm-hmm. if I just got that thing, I would be okay because I know I've got, okay, I've got six months of work and then I'll be yeah. on hiatus and I've got, if I'm making, you know, $15,000 a week or twelve five a week or whatever on the show, then I know I'm good to pay my bills for two yeah. years, even if I don't work after that year. Like, I used to write notes on airplanes. I'd write lists mm-hmm. of, like, how much money I had in each bank account and how much more time I had to survive before I would be zero, And that was like constant, constant, constant. It's fucked up.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and within that, I then also think of like people that aren't in our industry that are working three jobs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That like barely have time to like sit down, let alone, you know what I mean? So it's that thing of, you know, when, when one starts so young, you know i mean what seven year old is paying taxes i know, you know like yeah. when when you start so young you're not aware of the the mechanism that is running the business right, right. and and i <clears throat> i've always leaned more into the artistry and and the the creative aspect of it all and and the business to a certain degree was foreign to me like i didn't it didn't compute in my mind, um, and you know, also that idea of continually chasing this thing, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of it is is fear based, as opposed to the. I've. I mean, I've had moments where I've I've literally, and it's the most um, humbling experience where. You have $50 in your bank account.
2: Yeah.
1: You're like, hey, do you mind giving me 500 bucks? I have a residual that's coming in like five days mm-hmm. and I'll hit you back, you know, especially under the guise of that idea of responsibility, you know, like I've always been very frugal in in terms of my spending i've i've always been very aware of what i have um and and with that it's it's the feast or famine were you financially
2: responsible for your parents growing up as a kid in the business or did they continue to work
1: i my 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 dad my my adopted mom uh, didn't work i mean her her job was taking me to set and and doing all of that stuff um and she also got money um as a foster parent which is how I came into her home um but my my dad worked as a data processing manager uh for Intiman's bakery you know um but i didn't have i didn't have access to any of my money until i was almost 31 what how, to- how how I had to call my my adoptive mom every three months and ask her for my money.
3: Oh, my
1: And it was that thing that I had tried to fight, you know, um, in my early 20s. Who
2: set that up that way?
1: Well, when you start working at such a young age, the kid can't have a bank account on their own. Right. Right. So you have a bank account that has two names on it: my name and my adopted mom's name. And, um, you know, I I then like when I turned 18 and and went to college and whatever, which I was only at for two months, you know, I had like a Chase account and then all of the money that I would get from new jobs, I I would put into that account. But all of the residuals went. Oh, shit. All of like that stuff went to her. um and it was it was a i I didn't know at that time, but I know now mm-hmm. about um financial abuse, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and and uh, you know, I think that her way of one of the many ways that uh, she controlled me was through. My money. Yeah. You know? Um, and I I remember the last time I saw my dad before I was I was moving to Los Angeles. Uh we were ending our lunch because I went no contact with my adoptive mom uh in 2013. Um and he asked me, he was like, Did Camille sorry, didn, did 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 your mom take take uh your money i was Mm. like i i I don't know i don't think so so the truth is is that i don't know Mm. and with that getting to recognize that at 40 years of age i am financially independent and i have worked through my issues and, and my fear with money it doesn't mean that the fear doesn't you know, come up. But there, there is also, I think, something to be said in the space of, because forget about being an actor. When you start to get some notoriety and you start to get recognized, mm-hmm. right, and, and people start to know who you are, um, all of these assumptions are made. Oh, yeah. A, about you. And with that then, that fear-based egoic proposition of, I can't do anything else to make money, I can only be an actor. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my mid-30s um, <clears throat> where, you know, I, I wasn't working as much. And, you know, independent films pay you absolute fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, not a lot of money is coming in. Much more money is going out. And because, I mean, hello. <laughs> like Yeah, life. Sakes. Um, and I started doing script consulting and that absolutely saved my ass. And it also allowed me to have a much wider perspective that at the end of the day, there are so many ways in which, um, I bring value Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be just solely one thing. And I, there's a. a a gratitude that I have that, you know, I, I get to offer something like that and it's been much more rewarding and fulfilling, um, not only as, as an artist, but just as, as a writer, as, as somebody that, um, oh, these are the things that like people are writing about. These are, this is the themes that I'm starting to see emerge,
2: right. You Mm -hmm. know,
1: um, and yeah like, I i i got to learn something new and i think that uh getting to stay teachable is something that keeps you young yeah for sure you know so like that that like that for me uh you know it's life is i mean for fuck's sakes ladies <laughs> We're 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 literally sitting here talking as as we're on a fucking globe that isn't that isn't I know spin, seamlessly. Right. It's wobbling.
3: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like and we've got yeah. one life, one life. That's it. It's true. So they say, you know, who knows?
2: I don't know I, what's after.
1: I, I, I would I would challenge that in the space of I think a lot of people forget about their dream life. Mm.
3: yeah (laughs) true (laughs) was either one long life
1: (laughs) or or it's two the 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 the, uh nocturnal and and the day who knows i mean who the fuck knows
3: (laughs) it's so crazy i feel like that's something that you know when you were saying that you you realize that you know That's something that I'm going through right now, realizing that I I can do other things. There's been such a fear that this is all I'm good at or this is all I've known. Yeah. And so what else can I do? And so I'm going through that now of realizing there are so many opportunities. There's so much knowledge out there. There's so much that we as human beings have the power to be able to do.
2: You've survived the industry as a child know, actor but that's, and you're still working and sitting here and able to support yourself financially. So you're doing something right. But
3: it's insane. And I don't know if it's like if it's insecurities that happen when you're a child actor that just like get in your head. And well, yeah, like, you want to be good. Good. Yeah. Am I good enough? Am yeah. I, but th- that that is what needs to go out the fucking Fucking front door down the street in the fucking trash can.
2: And You're a woman too. I mean, you're adding you're adding that on top of the pressure of being good enough. You know?
3: Yeah. I mean, and 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 it's also it's it's
1: it's. Hmm. I think that there's a difference between a child actor and an actor who happens to be a child. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I fell into the category of an actor who happens to be a child.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I wasn't on the cover of Teeny Bopper magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't have that that massive and stained um deluge of of all eyes on me all the time Mm. you know i was a working actor that happened to be a child Mm -hmm. you know um and i i know for me that 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 the set was the only place that i felt that i got Validation for just existing and being. Yes, oh my God. yes. I feel you that you so much. <laughs> and, and so true. You couple that with this thing you can't explain that's inside.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Where it's, I know. I. I. I know this. Like I, I. I know how to do this, and not only do I know how to do this, it's not even something I can fully take credit for. Yeah, you know, it's something that almost feels bigger than you at times, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you you get into that space where um, you start having expectations, mm-hmm. and I think it's the expectations that kill you. Yeah. It's the expectations of where you think you're gonna go, I know, the kind yeah. of career you think or, you're you gonna just have. Talking about yeah, on the couch. <laughs> you know, as opposed to staying open and curious. And um, as somebody that also was raised in a very abusive household, you know that uh, desire to be seen as good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that desire to. Um, well, if I do this well enough, then maybe you'll love me. Oh my god! Don't then make maybe me cry. I'll, I'll be okay. Um, and then the phone starts ringing less and less, mm-hmm. and it's the double down on. Well, I just there there must there must be inherently something wrong with yeah inherently wrong with me and it's it's the 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 inner detective is is always looking to uh make the case mm-hmm. that that you're less than shit mm-hmm. you know um and that is where at least for me um uh, doing work with theogens and psychedelics has, has We are the same tremendously. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we are the same human being. <laughs> so tell me about your work same with psychedelics. Here, girl. Same here, girl. let me let
2: me hear your psychedelic experiences. I have not done I psychedelics. You need to do. <sighs> like,
1: I'm you afraid need of my well, demons help well, you so much. Well, here's the thing. I don't think it's for everyone. No that's true. I don't it's not for everyone. It is not a magic bullet. Um, I had spent 11 years in Alcoholics Anonymous Mm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and again, you know, like everything else, I'm, I'm sure that there are good meetings and good people and whatever, but I, I personally, it, it, um, it brought me to my knees in a way that wasn't healthy Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I've been going to therapy and, and part of like the whole AA thing is like prayer meditation and also just the focus is on you in the space of where you've been dishonest, where you've uh, been fearful, where you've been self-centered, where you've been selfish. And as somebody that historically has um, always internalized
3: mm-hmm.
1: the problem in the space of it must be me. Mm-hmm. And it can't possibly be this ass fuck, <laughs> you know, that just treated me like shit. Yeah, no, like-, like it's always like I. Of course, they're justified in treating me like shit. Of course, they're justified in in treating me like less than nothing. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Because that was the messaging that I got growing up. Mm-hmm. That I, you know, like it essentially was said to me that um, because I came to that house through the foster care system and it was no one else loves you no one else cares about you I'm the only one that loves you and uh you should feel grateful that that you were even taken and and brought into this home
2: how old were you when you went into the foster care system
1: i was two Mm -hmm. and then officially adopted when i was five um so so my journey with psychedelics was i had always been terrified of them And, you know, through the course of my 20s, I was praying, I was meditating, I was doing all the things, I was in therapy, I was like being of service to people like, out the butt, like just doing all of the things that I thought were right from the people that were telling me that these are the things that will make you happy. These are the things that will get you to a space of joy. But meanwhile, I'm... literally holding on to the the railing at the 14th Street Union Square Station in New York because I am afraid I'm going to jump in front of a train. Oh,
3: my God.
1: Like when I say like suicidal ideation, like massive, massive, massive depression. And um, I've been working with a specific therapist who also had been sober and he had said to me, you know, um, I think we've had a bit of a ceiling, but have you ever thought of doing ayahuasca? And I was like, Iowa? <laughs> and so I did two years worth of research. Wow. Um, like listening to as many podcasts as I could find, reading as many books as I could find, um, but not really feeling like, I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know. But then I just got into... Um, I moved to LA in September of 2014, and by October of 2015, I was completely on my knees. I was afraid to leave my house. I was afraid to drive my car because I thought I would drive it off the PCH, like just a shell of a person, um, all while doing the same things, like the meditating, the praying, the, like just getting out of self, getting out of self, getting out of self, getting out of self, out of self. Um and I get to see now that I was just really abandoning myself continuously. Um, and I said a prayer to the universe, Mother Aya, and I was like, universe, Mother Aya, whatever the fuck, if I'm meant to sit with you, I'm I'm willing, I'm open, I surrender. And I happened to reading, to be reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. Mm quote-unquote, out of the blue, out of the blue. Um, I'd gotten a call saying that there was a single spot available to work with the medicine down in Costa Rica. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I said no. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) That that was the first thing I said no. (laughs) I, I hung up the phone and I was like, Damn it, Heather, you're literally reading this book the about the woman. Yes. <laughs> what the hell? Like, and, and so I called back and I said yes, and I found myself in Costa Rica in February of 2016 uh, to work with this medicine for 10 days. And it wow. completely changed the trajectory of my life. And again, you know, it is not for everyone. It is not a magic bullet. Like the most important work comes after you sit with the medicine Mm -hmm. because it's getting to take everything that you've learned, everything that, that you've received and getting to implement it um, into your life. And, you know, I, I then found myself like my life was getting a lot better at least internally, but I still had some severe sex trauma that, that, was was really causing some trouble for me and um I ended up getting introduced to this uh, wonderful being that did MDMA assisted psychotherapy mm-hmm. and that literally saved my life and I haven't had um a severe depression or um, suicidal ideation since October 2016.
3: Yay. oh my gosh good for wow. you
1: good for you yeah. Yeah. You know, so like it's so that's the thing where it's I've never been one that I've never been one to take drugs just for the fuck of it. I mean, say for when I was 19 and went through my little coke binge, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, who hasn't? Um, Hey, guys,
2: do you remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself you would stick to? Do you? HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and super easy recipes right to your front door. Totally taking the hassle out of dinner time. Get HelloFresh and skip that extra trip to the grocery store and those long checkout lines. You know those self-checkout lines, 15 items and under? Oh my God. Spend more time doing the things that you love with delicious chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients and super easy to follow recipe cards mean that you can get a delicious home-cooked dinner on the table without all the time-consuming meal planning or prepping. You'll only find quality ingredients in HelloFresh's recipes. In fact, ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days, so you know they are fresh. I love HelloFresh. You know what I realized? How much money I was overspending at the grocery store buying so much food, I didn't realize how little I actually needed to make it delicious. HelloFresh taught me that. It was really, really saved me during quarantine, you guys. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TalkScary65 and use code TalkScary65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash TalkScary65 and use code TalkScary65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. (laughs) <laughs> I was too busy in the SLAA SLA fucking. I wasn't, yeah. uh, I wasn't doing drugs.
1: I was destroying
2: myself in other ways.
1: Uh, so, you know, so, uh, so, so with that, you know, that, that to me is, has, has been uh, an active tool that I put in my toolbox and my wife and I go to see this uh, wonderful being once a year. together to sit with the medicine and um you know i i think that um they can be very 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 helpful tools if you also you know have a very clear intention of what you want to work with and at least for me the set and setting is incredibly important Mm -hmm. getting to have a guide with you getting to have somebody that um has had thorough knowledge of working with these various medicines, you know, because it's, it's a, it, it can be quite scary and it can be quite terrifying, you know, that the ego death is, it's a death, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it, it, it brings us, I feel, or at least it brings me back to that space of who are we? Why are we here? what is it to die ultimately? Um, and what is it to what is it to die while you're still alive in order for something new to be born? Mm-hmm. You know, which um a lot of times requires uh my nails to be stripped from whatever it is that I'm holding.
3: Jeez, yeah.
1: <laughs> to get into that space of of all right, I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to say uncle and let go.
3: Yeah. I haven't I I've I've had such a fear of doing ayahuasca just because I'm very similar with you have fought depression like my entire entire life like this mind can get pretty pretty low and pretty pretty dark and pretty fast but no one will know but me and I'm very very good at hiding it and I've I've worked through that sort of process and and I even when I would smoke weed I would go to the darkest place possible. Um, When I did cocaine, I would go to the darkest place possible. When I would drink, I would go to the darkest place possible. Just like every sort of substance. And I have such a fear with that because my mind goes to such dark, scary, like it's this dark, scary place. And I know it's things in there that I have blocked out. So (laughs) I'm very good at blocking out. And so I'm just so afraid when I do do that journey that I will. But you'll be free.
2: Maybe. I mean, you know, if nothing changes, if nothing changes. But that
3: battle, going through that battle is so scary.
2: Yeah, but you have to. Yeah. You deserve to.
3: No, I definitely, I definitely want to do it. But it's like when. It's
2: scary. Yeah. What do you think about ketamine therapy?
1: That's kind of the, the I, um, new thing, I but... have not
3: engaged in ketamine therapy, so I
1: I don't have any opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, different modalities of therapy are helpful for different people, you know. And I feel like we're having a bit of a psychedelic renaissance right now, oh which gosh. is which is really really beautiful. Yeah. And I think that um, uh, clinicians and and whatnot are 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 learning uh the mistakes uh from the mid 50s through the late 60s and and whatnot you know because everything is neutral it's it's how the person uses it or utilizes mm-hmm. it that that really makes all the difference mm-hmm. you know um <clears throat> like some people do like those cold like cold bath therapy right. some people it's you know like whatever whatever is going to work for you as as long as um there's a consent involved and and be um everyone is safe
2: did you um meet your wife after you got sober did she or did you know her before then
1: i met her um i met her in 2016 after i i mean i'd gotten sober in 2005 wow so I actually made my journey out of that 12-step program. Um, it, it was, a, 2016 was a big year for, for all involved. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> In
1: all the ways. Yes.
2: <laughs> what was your wedding like? What? What was your wedding like?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, it was, you know, it was really beautiful. Um, I would call it, High class trashy. Yes. yes. We love that. In, it's gonna be nice. In in like no, we had like we we literally there is a, a website called Hip Camp, um where you can like rent a campsite or like uh, a ranch, whatever, and we found this ranch um like two hours north, like by Santa Barbara. And um we had people come for a weekend. Some people brought RVs. Some people bought mm-hmm. brought, uh, you know, tents and sleeping bags. We had 20 guests total. Mm-hmm. And we got all of our booze and food from Costco. Yes. And, That's what and I do love Costco. And their friend, who's a chef, uh, made this gorgeous dinner. And we had friends make beautiful sides. Like my friend Janae makes a fucking mean kick-ass artery clogging mac and cheese that is to die for and we had a bonfire and we danced under the stars and then woke up in the morning and uh had a massive breakfast uh for the rest of the people that were there and then we uh packed up and went home who proposed to who i proposed to my wife
2: oh how did you do it
1: (laughs) Um, well, I uh, I had just bought myself a, a new camera, a new Nikon, because I, I I love photography and I love taking photos. And I said to her, I was like, maybe we could like go to the beach um, at sunset. I would really love to be able to test out my camera to do like a time lapse of the sunset. Like, would you be down with that? And she was like, Yeah you know so uh we we went because when we were first dating um we would drive along the pch and we would just drive to all of these various be- beaches and we found this beach that we both just loved that became like our beach so i brought her to like our beach um and there happened to be two people that were sitting on this log and i'm like god damn it son of a bitch. <laughs> like, oh, that's my log, log. <laughs> you fucker my- <laughs> This is like a ruining mess. <laughs> and I'm terrified. I'm I'm terrified. And and uh luckily they left and uh I set up the camera and my my DP skills were on point <laughs> as I pressed record and I was like, let's just like go, uh, let's just go sit here and she had no idea. Um and then I I asked her to marry me. And um, I had I had actually booked us like this beautiful Airbnb in Malibu that's like right along the cliffs that like is overlooking the ocean and um, <clears throat> it was it was a it was a beautiful it was a beautiful beautiful experience and I was very thankful I pulled it off.
3: <laughs> yes. I feel such love from you, like talking I about your wife just
2: then. <laughs> so where is the photos? What did you do with them?
1: Oh, there it—it's it, uh, we have some that that we printed out, um, and, and whatnot, um, that like we we just moved, so we're we're still in the process of unpacking and all of this stuff. But, um, yeah, the the stills are in frames.
2: Mm. I love that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cute.
1: How long were you together before you proposed? Two years. Two years. Oh, wait, Heather, is that true?
3: <laughs> you better know. Yeah, that's true. That's okay,
1: true. okay.
2: <laughs> we all do that. I mean, listen, post-pandemic, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah, fine? I don't know. I, yeah. What year is it? No idea. Exactly.
3: <laughs> wow, so, so you met, you met uh, my fiancé and I met around the same time that you guys met. And I, I proposed to my fiancé. I was like, fuck <sighs> it. I'm going to do it. I w- we went to Disney World, and we went to Epcot. And we drank around the world, and by the time I got to France, I was like, "All right, I had I'm fu- I'm fucked up." That was that was the time. <laughs> he bawled like a little baby. Oh bawled. That's so it was sweet. crazy. Oh, then, I love that. And then he proposed to me at Burning Man while I was in mermaid chaps and topless. Topless
2: in the desert.
1: All
3: right, it's <laughs> perfect. All right, yeah, I like it. Great I time like over it. here. <laughs> So I want to know. I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about this. There's so much
2: to talk about. I know. Oh, I know.
3: There's fuck. so much. I know. And it's. it's we're already. I know it's minutes. okay.
2: We'll go a few minutes.
3: Um, so, we just watched um, some of your your scene in in Hostel Two. Yeah, we were just refreshing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My God. I I, I just want to, to. I
2: just want to know why did you do that movie? Uh, well, Aside from just working.
1: I mean, uh, yeah. my, when, I mean Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean Quentin Tarantino. I mean, I love
2: Eli and I love Quentin and I think I have an audition for it, but after seeing you do that, I was like, I, I, I don't know if I could have done that.
1: I don't yeah, know I'm, how you and, did that. And I mean at the time it was like I read that scene and I was like my interactor was like, yes, Hey, yes. I know. Like, yeah. Like, hell yes. Because there is something where it's um you're proving to yourself just how far you can play the growth edge in terms of physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, all of that. Um, and what was helpful is that we shot that movie entirely uh in sequence from beginning to end.
3: Oh, cool. You
1: know, so even if it might not have been conscious, the uh um the emotional through line at least from my character you know by the time we got to shooting that scene you know I knew exactly where she was you know if we had shot that day one Mm. it might have been a very 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 different experience which is what they like to do that's (laughs) what they would normally do
2: if you're going to take your clothes off you know just in case you freak out
1: yeah and by then like I I really fell in love with the crew and and everyone was great and you know, I could tell that first day That we were getting ready to shoot that scene I was wearing a robe And and you, the tension was palpable on yeah, set Like yeah. everybody was like extra quiet and like. Oh. And uh, there's this Czech phrase that I learned there That was Dobri den, kosi den Which means good day, tits out <laughs> So I walked on to set that the morning that we're we're supposed to start shooting that scene. And the just quiet. And uh, I just whipped off my robe good and let it fall to the floor. And I was like, Dobri then, call Good. And everyone started uh laughing hysterically. The tension was completely broken.
3: Oh, good for and you. And
1: we, we got to shoot that scene. Well, because it's that thing of sometimes an actor is one that needs to break the tension yes mm-hmm. in the space of like y'all don't need to worry about me like yeah. i got mm-hmm. this we're good and yeah. if you're a tense you're not going to be paying attention to the things that need to be paid attention to mm-hmm. and i i advocate for myself enough in in those times that i need that that if there is a problem i i will let you know and we'll get it handled
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know yeah. um so, yeah, and I, I trained for that for two months. And I started off being able to hang upside down for 30 seconds at a time. And every day I would uh, implement another uh, between a 30 seconds to two minutes. Wow. And so by the time we got to that scene, I was able to hang upside down for 25 to 30 minutes at a time. <gasps>
3: Do you want to tell her what the other girl told us
2: yesterday? So we were ta- we were talking to um, uh, another actress that was on our show last week and she has a scene in Terrifier where she's hanging yeah. upside down in the, the hacksaw yeah. scene. And she was saying that she done research and it was, I think, 42 or 43 45 seconds, 45 seconds. seconds, that your brain can start to have seizures. You can start to have seizures from being upside down and that she actually got very very sick and she uh-huh. got but she wasn't even harnessed anything they straight up just shackled her and you know like that's so crazy oh, i
1: wasn't i wasn't harnessed you were
2: how harnessed? was your well what was your what were your feet bound with
1: they they were literally just bound with like ankle straps that was it that was it ankle straps no uh padding on the floor like 15 feet up in the air
2: right holy fuck
1: yeah Oh, that was it. God.
2: Yeah. And you were you were completely naked. Yes. Or did you have a, a the the vagina patch on or any of that stuff or it doesn't really matter. Today. I think I, I like it doesn't Whatever. Really matter. Whatever. If you sweat Nobody, and it comes yeah. off in 2 seconds anyway. Yeah.
1: Nobody sees my vagina, so yeah. like in the final product so right. Like, who gives a fuck?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're kind of like that. I'm sort of like with nudity I'd I'm like fuck it, I'm not I'm un- I'm comfortable. I'm fine. You don't need to be uncomfortable. I'd rather just take it off and chill. And we were talking about that. I hate being covered in between stuff. I just need to be left. To, I just need to be left alone. Because yes. if I can use the environment and use what's going on, the performance is so much better. Don't come interrupt me in the middle of something like that, because it just completely makes me start over again. And it fucks with my head. So just. Yeah.
1: And it's a very westernized thing. You know what I mean? It's very. It's the, the Europeans are much more lax with with nudity. Right. Well, and I wish that we were much more lax with nudity and much more um, uncomfortable with violence, which I know is ironic considering the scene <laughs> that we were talking about with yeah. that movie. You know, and looking back, that is not something that I would do again. You would not do it again. Just in the space of um, as I've gotten to detox yeah. from w- white supremacist. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ideology and patriarchy and and all of that stuff and and uh, being used as as an object in that way that is, that is and 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 just what it says right um, is is not something that I would desire to be a part of. I'm grateful that I got to have the experience. I'm grateful that when my tits Are to my ankles yes. I will have that to look back your on Your tits look you know. fabulous
2: Your abs were fucking I know, we were sick. like, damn I mean, it's all those look months those of, of fucking hanging upside down Maybe we need to do that I was like, damn, <laughs> she's got a 12-pack <laughs> Reach your toes, reach your toes Her tits are great And she's got a 12-pack That bitch <laughs> Now I know why you wanted to do that scene, damn it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all take those roles I mean, I know I do I definitely pick those Those like, wow, that's a real I can sink my teeth into that. I'm going to be raped and tortured and put in a cage and, you know, all these things. And then you do it and you're like, I, I love what just came up and I don't (laughs) ever want to feel those things again. I'm glad that I got it out because it was stuck in there from, I don't know when, but now I'm good. Now I'm like high and euphoric. And I just don't think that I could put myself through that stuff again. It's just not for me.
1: And it's not even a question of like putting oneself through it. It's, it's really, you know, what is the for lack of a better word, you know, what is the legacy that I want to leave behind? What are, you know, at least for me, getting through to the space of, um, I want to be able to be much more conscious with the choices that I make. And I understand the business side of it in the space of like, sometimes you need to work in order to pay the bills. But as we talked about earlier, I've I've gotten an opportunity to pay the bills in other ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get to have a little more freedom in terms of and also just getting to recognize my value as an artist in the space yeah. of, That's it. of my energy is precious. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My my creative mind is precious. Mm-hmm. And it's a very intimate and vulnerable experience. And not everyone is worthy of um, of experiencing that that vulnerability for me you know right. i'm like it's and that's been relatively new for me but it's it's incredibly incredibly important
2: the greatest gift that i found from doing the convention circuit is yeah. the the support from the fans and the freedom to then pick and choose what i have to do on film that stays forever because I'm able to support my family thanks to them. And they're the ones that are going to go watch the movies anyway, too. So it's like I'm getting the best of both worlds, but I can. And I can also take a movie for very little amount of money because I just want to do it. Yeah, and I love it. Exactly. And it, I don't need exactly. to go. Oh, I don't I can't take it because it's going to lock me up for a month. And I what if I miss something else? You know, it's it's really been a huge, huge blessing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and and, and it's you know i just got back from a convention in atlanta um and you know this is essentially like the first year i've i've been doing conventions period um and it, it's i don't know about y'all but you know half the time I, I forget who I am in the space of, you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like you're walking down the street and like, yeah. you, you know, um, and knowing that like millions of people have seen movies that I've done and of those millions of people that there are thousands of people within those millions that, you um, that have felt seen because of the work that I've done. It is, is so incredibly humbling yeah. and, and so incredibly touching. And the experience that I had this past weekend, and I'm curious about the experience for for you two. You know, I met somebody this weekend who was actively dying of heart failure. Mm -hmm. and wanted me to sign some stuff for their best friend's daughter because when they die in a few months everything is going to their best friend's daughter and Mm -hmm. wanted to like build a film library spoke to somebody else who's um who would watch welcome to the dollhouse with their sister and it was like their thing and they would do it every weekend and um they just lost their sister to suicide Mm -hmm. you know and and it's and and I I feel it's so and and I didn't realize that not everybody does this, but it's it's I don't have a time limit with the person, like I like it's not like okay two minutes and we're done. Oh yeah, Mm-mm. you know it's like some people drive fifteen hours, yeah, yeah. just to get like a few moments with you, yeah. mm-hmm. and and. And it's an honor to be able to hold space in that way. And, and it, it's left me with that feeling of, wow, Heather, like you really made like a deeper impact than, than you can even begin to like comprehend or understand, except in the space of when I very rarely fangirl. I very rarely uh, had that kind of, because most of the people that I would fangirl about are dead. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like Judy Garland,
1: I'd be a blubbering idiot. Of course. You know? um, I was a
3: blubbering idiot when I went up to your table. (laughs) You were an absolute doll baby. (laughs)
1: And and I'm I'm so thankful that you did. (laughs) You know, but it's that, you know, it's, it's a, it's it's its own ecosystem it's 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 really 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 interesting and like of course you know as an all box of life you get the people that you need to set those boundaries Mm with. yeah
3: Mm -hmm. you
1: know like loving boundaries but boundaries nonetheless you know but for the most part like the conventions like not only provide like a a way for me to pay bills and whatnot but it's that thing of like the return is that like yeah, but I've been giving of myself for three, four years. I've been giving all of myself for three, four years and and you know, it's 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 like a nice full circle moment.
2: I think we work. get more in return.
3: Yes, hundred percent
2: than we give. And yes. the more I do it and the older I get, the more grateful I am for mm-hmm. those moments. Yeah, they don't make me un- they used to make me a little uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do with those feelings when somebody would come up and say that stuff. And yeah. now I just want to hold them and hug them and and take that with me. and it
3: fills yes. me. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's lovely. <laughs> I like that.
2: And then I, like you, I get mad when I see these other people like being dicks yeah, being to them assholes. or, you know, or giving them 33 seconds or being, Next. you know, dismissing or yeah. it makes me so like, how dare you? Like, who do you think you are? These people, like you don't ever want that experience to, to be, you know, but they say sometimes never meet your idol, but I don't want to think that, you know, huh. I want to give someone that amazing experience and we definitely get more out of it from them than they get from us. 100%.
1: Or it's equal because the truth is you'll never know fully how they, how you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that it's, 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 I, I, it, getting to be in the space of reciprocity on both ends. You right. know, where it's, I am receiving just as much as you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um And, and like a new connection is made, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing.
2: Well, we wrote and we posted on our Instagram some questions uh, that fans wanted to ask you. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been, you know, the typical you've been asked a hundred times, but we're going to just go ahead and rattle some off and see if we can get some insight.
3: Uh, Yes. Okay, Okay. so here's a ton of people have been asking this. Will she return to the Scream franchise?
1: Well, you're going to have to see yeah. uh, the next stream on Black And if enough of you go, uh, <laughs> maybe there will be one more to round out uh, this version of a trilogy. What's your favorite thing about Wes Craven? His fucking mind. His mind. Yeah. heart. Like one of the most generous directors and just beings I've, I've ever encountered in my life. Like, him and Gary Marshall are just... Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think you know, the the whole uh, drama with with Nev would have been different if Wes was in charge? That he would have never let that happen? Or do you think... I mean, I don't... I We were all sort of baffled by...
3: Yeah. That's uncalled for. I mean, I think that... I, I,
1: honestly, I, I do not know the answer. I do not own the answer to that question. You know, what I do know is that if you are the star of a franchise that has earned the studio billions of dollars yep i think that you're 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 worth the price of admission (laughs)
3: Yeah,
2: yeah what's it to them good for her what's it to them
3: good for her say fuck you then
2: so we've all we've (laughs) all sort of been Mm. in that situation um of 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 the projects moving on without us who created Mm -hmm. the the foundation for it (laughs) like you, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's a very, um, sickening, um, pit in your stomach just goes, triggers all of that shit from when we were children of why am I not good enough?
3: You mean what we were just talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. shit. And within
1: that, I'll tell you what, um, I have dogged so many bullets. I've dogged so many bullets in that way. In the space of um, why am I gonna wanna why am I gonna wanna give myself to someone that doesn't, doesn't value yeah, what yeah. I can bring? Yeah, right? you know where it's and 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 that's how I look at those things now. You know where it's it's you're the one that's missing out. Like it's not me. Do you, do Amen,
3: you, do, sister. It's Amen. hard. It's hard
1: to talk. I you have to talk yourself
2: I have to talk myself into those thoughts though. Cuz the the larger mm-hmm. part of me goes, "What did I do wrong?" Yeah. You, what did oh. I do wrong? Whose cereal did I piss in? Who's mad did at I, me? Yeah, did what I mean? did I do? Scout and I talk about that all oh, the time. Like, what yeah. do we
1: do? But 95% of the time it, like it never has anything to do with you it's like oh they remind me of like my ex-girlfriend or my right. mother or right. ba 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 or they just met some new young thing and it's like oh, i'm gonna promise you ba 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 right. you know or it's like it unless it, it's explicitly stated that it had something specifically to do with you and in that case that i'm like why do i want to work with somebody that um, lacks pro- problem-solving skills, right. and if you actually had respect for yourself and me and the project, you come and we talk it out. And right. if we can work something out, that's great. You know, it's it's, and 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 so in that space, I've never. Um, that's not true, Heather. Let's be honest. I've always gotten to see in hindsight that the roles that um, I didn't get especially the ones that like there would be like an offer and then it's taken away, blah, 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 and all that stuff. It's, um, the universe was, uh, they say that the universe is, is reject is it that sorry, that rejection is the universe's protection,
3: Mm. you know?
1: So that's how I try to view it. And obviously I have moments where, you know, I'm like Goldie Hawn and First Wives Club or <laughs> Valley Field and Soap Dish. No.
2: I actually, watched, I actually watched Soap Dish on film at Tarantino's house. Did you? I did. <laughs> because I, had I, had I hadn't seen it. And he was like, You haven't seen it. I have it on film. And like sat down and watched. I think I fell asleep like a dumbass, but we tried. <laughs>
1: like, and. and And I'm like, was that his actual, um, was that actually how he said it? I
2: don't even remember.
1: Because I could picture him (laughs) more. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then he ran. Yes. And he ran and got a margarita. He used to always like disappear around around the other side of his living room and like make drinks and bring them out. And there was one moment where I was like, "What did he put something in my drink? That would be crazy." Like, because he like he's like the wizard behind the curtain. You know, we just have like margaritas and order pizza and and hang out and watch movies that I had never seen. He's. I mean, that sounds like a dream. Fucking greatest human being. It is a dream. It was all a dream. <laughs> Are you awake yet? <laughs> You dream afterlife.
3: <laughs> okay, so so um, one more. We have time for one more question. Um, what was Julia Andrews like? Uh, Trey would like to know.
1: Oh, she was a right cunt. She was. Um, no, she no, she was pure fucking magic. Yes, I am. Um, I'm a musical theater nerd, and so when I first met Julie, I think I might have Pete a little. Um, <laughs> yes. Life. And she is one of the kindest, mm-hmm. wisest, generous, humble beings that I have ever encountered. And I remember um, when we had... Uh, Gary's uh, memorial service. We had to, like, take a bus to the thing. We were on the bus, and she had gotten on after me. And I was just, like, looking out the window, and she sees me, and she's like, Heather, I don't know if you remember... uh, (laughs) How how would I... How, How would I... You are seared into my heart. You are <laughs> seared into my being. How could I ever not remember you? Aww. you know, um, she is just uh an absolute delight of a woman. And if uh Disney actually pulls the trigger, um it, it would be lovely to work with her again. Mm. You crossing. think they'll pull the trigger? Fingers crossed. I mean, we'll we'll see. You know, you know how it goes, right? Yeah. But, um, Until you're
2: on set, I don't. You don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and even so then, rolling. you still
2: don't know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> rolling in the first scene <laughs> before
2: you go, I wanted. To, I want to ask you two things. The first thing is, I wanted to talk about your. I was on Roseanne a few years before you were. Um,
1: <gasps> Wait a minute! I know exactly who you were. I know exactly <laughs> who you were. You- <laughs> You played um, Sarah Gilbert's friend. Yeah, her her like the
2: the slutty neighborhood, her like nemesis sort of friend yeah. was like flirting Were with you David. Slutty, you oh yeah, I was always trying to oh, hook up not. with David. And we went
1: to a concert. Yes, together. and
2: I left her there. And you
1: left her with there with a dude. And something with like drinking. Yes. 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 older sister. Yes. Um,
2: who actually her she was the daughter in Mommy Dearest, who played my older sister. Her name's Mara. No. Yeah. I was like obsessed with that movie growing up, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" I couldn't believe it. I know it's crazy. Um, what was your? I didn't have the greatest experience on the show. Um, what was your experience like?
1: At the time, I was doing Townies, mm. which was a failed show uh, for. Car- I remember yeah. that show. Yep. Yeah. Um, and every day, I would walk around the lot. And it was like being in heaven, you know? That's and I was like, like went on to the Seinfeld set and third rock from the sun. And, um, oh God, I always forget that John Livingston. Evening, that there was show. an evening shade
2: and then there was, um, um, uh, oh God, my ex-boyfriend was on that, the John's show. Um, oh shit, I don't remember, but I know what you're yeah, talking about. All the, the great the, 90s yes. shows. Yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. So cool. And
1: nice. Roseanne was like the penultimate. You know, and I remember walking on just on on I remember walking on the sound stage and I wonder if it was Jeanette um the stage manager
2: at um, that time. I on. don't remember.
1: Okay. Um I remember Jeanette uh like stopped me at the door and she recognized who I was. She was like, Oh my god, Rosanna's gonna love to meet you, but today's not a good day, come back tomorrow. <laughs> So I went back the next day. Today's not a good day. Come back tomorrow. Went back the next day. Today's not a good day. Come back tomorrow. By like the fifth day, I'm even starting. I'm starting to annoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like there's a thing about being persistent, but we don't want to like border on nudge. Um, and that day happened to be a good day, and I walked on. And you know how big that sound stage yeah. is from one end to the other. It's yeah, like an it's entire huge. fucking football field. Yeah. And I, I won't do the actual vocalization of how loud Roseanne was, but she was allowed. <laughs> she said, you. And everybody like scattered, like roaches when the lights come on. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like, I'm not going to be in the line of like proverbial fire. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, She's like, yeah, you, get over here. I'm like, okay, hi. What the fuck are you doing here? Oh, I'm doing Tonys. Why the fuck are you on that piece of shit show? I want you on my show. What kind of character do you want to play? Like, I want to play like a, a strong, independent woman, like, who has like a traumatic past or what else. Um, <laughs> Every actor there. says. Dan. And then she said, like, I'm going to have you on my show. And um, I think Alan, who was producing the show at the time, um, was like, okay, like, look we'll at all your information. I am on cloud nine. And then one week goes by, nothing. Two weeks goes by, nothing. Three, nothing. Four, nothing. Five. And I'm like... It was like my first experience with like the potential that somebody had lied to me, Mm -hmm. right? Where it was like, "Oh, they're not actually a person of their word." Like, it's not going to happen. And then it happened. She is a person of her word. Yeah, and I mean, I got to work with Debbie Reynolds. Oh
2: shit! Wow. I
1: had been obsessed with since the unsinkable Molly Brown*. Like one of my favorite movies growing up, and that episode was written by Carrie Fisher. Holy fuck. What? Yeah, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. And I got to do like five episodes of that show for the final season. And for me personally, it was like a delight. I remember one specific episode, it was the episode where Roseanne won't get out of bed. And um, it was tape day and she hated the scene between us. And she was screaming at the writers. And then she called me into her trailer at lunchtime. She was like, how do you feel about improv? We're just going to improv it. And we improv that whole entire scene. Holy shit. We improvised that whole entire scene.
3: What did that like scene become?
2: And did you do this in front of an audience or did you do yes. it? You did it Wow. Uh,
3: yes, we did it like a
1: few times in her, in her private office trailer yeah. thing. And then we just... Went and we did it. And you can see me trying so hard not to fucking laugh and break. <laughs> <laughs> it was so difficult. Um uh, that is so funny. Yeah, it was it was I feel very blessed that I got to be um a part of that show, you know. And the truth is fuck it, I'll tell this story and I'll tell this story now, and this will actually be the only time I ever tell it. Um so you know, as, as you know, like, um, we all grew up in, in, in households that were abusive and, and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. So, um, there was one day where, um, I, I think we were getting ready to go home and I wasn't packing my suitcase right. And my, uh, adopted mom started pounding me in the head. And I, I, left the hotel room and i just started running down the street and i ran into jerry's deli and who did i happen to run into but alan one of the producers and he could see that i was crying he could see i was in distress and then in walks my adoptive mom like moments later so i didn't even get a word in like you know what i mean it wasn't like and 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 I think in those moments where you're just trying to, to leave to survive, that you d- it's like it's it's a fight or flight. It's it's like you're not even cognizant of what you're doing. And I um, was, I guess we were shooting again that next week because they would fly me home on the weekends. Um, and I'm in the makeup trailer, and Roseanne kicks everyone out and she was like i'll talk to you oh
3: Whoa.
1: i love her and i was like no 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 like no 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 you're gonna make this so much worse than like it already is like and if you interfere or inter, like i don't know what will happen yeah um but she didn't let my mom come on set after that um you know, which which kind of, to a certain degree, uh, went with, like like it 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 fit with the reputation that she had. Yeah, you know, that's so, so interesting. I remember her yeah. yelling at my
2: mom to get off set, wow. which I didn't think about. I just she kind of yelled at everybody that came in her way when she was didn't want you around. So yeah. You know, I like you, I did a movie of the week with her and Tom Arnold where I played her daughter and we had such a beautiful time together and I would go to her ranch and we'd ride ATVs and like, I just, I would go see her sing and play when she had her band. And, um, and she'd ask me if I wanted to, to be on the show. I'd never done a sitcom in my life, not once. And I was six, 15 And I was like, I don't want to be in your shitty show. And she was like, "Ah." and then I was like, I'm just joking. Of course, I want to be in your show. I thought it'd be an episode. And then it ended up being um, 17, contracted for 17 episodes. And um, I was petrified, fucking petrified. I couldn't remember all those lines. I mean, it was just so traumatic. And um, she was always wonderful to me. But I just so happened to be there at the time that her and Tom were getting a divorce, and there was a lot of like leaving early, and you know working with her her double, and a lot of just like she was not in a good place. Um, yeah. But she was always wonderful to me. So I have two quick stories I'll tell you because they're kind of funny. Um, one is my dumbass. So this is this is so Roseanne. So it was the hundredth episode anniversary party at the Roxbury, and I was in love with Johnny Galecki. Yeah, and at the time. I think Sarah maybe hadn't come out yet and there was something kind of going on, but like not really. And I didn't really know. And, but I didn't think there was anything. And, and it was me, Sarah Gilbert, Johnny Galecki and, um, Jenny, um, um, God, how am I forgetting Jenny's name? Um, um, camp Beverly Hills, uh, true Beverly Hills, Jenny Lewis, Jenny Lewis. Okay. You remember Jenny Lewis, right? Riley Kylie. Mm-hmm. So, and I started doing shots We were doing doing shots and they were getting me shots at the bar. And I got, you ever heard me tell this story? No. I got wasted drunk. I was 15. I got wasted. The first time I got drunk, I fell down the stairs at the Roxbury. I went outside and I threw up in the bushes. My mom was, I don't even know where she was. Paparazzi took pictures of me.
3: Oh, yeah, you did. And
2: word got back to Roseanne. And I didn't work for. 10 episodes out of my 17. Um, and I know she never said anything to me, but I know Johnny got a talking to, I don't know if he was like not on one or two episodes, but, um, but I got, I got in big trouble for it. Um, I, I, I didn't know any better. And Sarah at the time had asked me if I was into Johnny and I was like, Oh yeah, I have such a huge crush on him. And then, she didn't really talk to me much after that, so it kind of put a, a weird thing between us, which was already weird because we were playing characters that that I liked. Her boyfriend, you know, it was like this kind of works. Yeah. So yeah. it was. It always made me like I just felt like I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. I have this opportunity. I was already nervous and uncomfortable, and I fucked it up. And um, and then so that's that's the the bad side. So I actually came back on the Connors last year, and I okay. did an episode, and I was like. Getting there at six in the morning, two hours before. I was so excited and so nervous because I was like, I want to do good. I want to, but I hadn't, I have not actually been on a sitcom since that show in 1992. So it was my first time back, and thank God it wasn't live audience, but first time back in 30 years. And it was like no time had passed. So one day back in 1992, Sarah or um, uh, Rosie is taking Tom on a cruise for their anniversary. So during lunch, she hires this woman and this man to come onto like Darlene's bedroom set and she closes it off. If I told you this, she closes it off. And it's me, um, uh, Sarah Gilbert, Sandra Bernhardt, Lori Metcalf, Rosie, and I think maybe Estelle might've been there. And there's a woman and a man. And the whole thing is to teach you how to strip for your man. What? (laughs) So it's this woman and this dude, and there's like dildos. Wait, and what? oh, yeah, it was like this whole like, this woman was like put her man in a chair and she like did this handstand, like where she like flipped backwards and had her like vagina in wait, his what? face. Oh my God, it was, we were it was like she was taking him on a cruise it was like how to strip for your oh. man it was like you know like you have like bachelorette party and like how to give the best blowjob or whatever no. you know no. so she thought it would all be in good fun we were dying laughing <laughs> I mean, it was closed off. The crew was told to get off set. And we, it, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire. Imagine them trying to get Roseanne to learn how to do a handstand upside down on this woman's husband to do this for Tom. It was like fucking hilarious and amazing. So I had a time of my life. I thought it was the best thing ever that I will never forget that story. Cut to a week later when Child Protective Services contacted Roseanne. <laughs> What And some one of the people, the man or the wife or both contacted Child Protective Services and they contacted Roseanne that I was in danger. So Roseanne came knocking on my trailer and said to my mother, you need to tell them that they you gave her permission because I was a minor. Yeah. And my mom was like, she's emancipated. Anyway. Well, I totally gave her permission. But it was like, Roseanne was so flipped out that we did this yeah. awesome, fun, you know, beautiful thing. And it seemed great. And everything was awesome. And then all of a sudden, somebody turned it into something that it wasn't, which well, yeah. just would make her look bad. I don't know if it ended up being in like the the Inquirer or some bullshit, you know, where people pick mm-hmm. up on it. But, they, yeah. I, but I'll never forget. I was like, God, I'm sitting with Sandra Bernhardt. I'm watching Roseanne do a handstand with her crotch in this guy's face. I was 15. I was 15. (laughs) I I mean, it was crazy. And then my mom was like dating. um, Oh, God. My mom was dating Tom's assistant. And it was like, you know, it was just this whole, whole messy, messy thing. But, um, but I love her. I think she's got a huge heart and she's really an amazing person. She's
3: definitely a mama mama bear. She is a mama bear.
2: She She is a mama bear. I love that story about her for you.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I mean, we, we have inklings of, of who she is today and, and all I can take away from it is the experience that I had with her during that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like, that's, that's, that's all that's, that's, that's all I can do, you know? And, and uh, yeah, yeah. But it was definitely a very, very interesting um a very, very, very interesting experience, and and uh, I definitely know that she had a lot to contend with. Yeah, yeah, people, and that's not something that I think that um, you recognize at the time, especially when you look at the the greater structure um, of of uh, of like the the world that you're that you're occupying. You know, especially especially in a patriarchal sense.
2: What are you doing right now? I know you've got um are you, you are you fundraising for
1: something yeah. specifically you'd like to do with your other That is that is finished. We 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 shot the film. Great We're in the process right now. Yeah, uh, my my wife uh, directed it. I produced it is um going along swimmingly. Um, what is the
2: title for everyone
1: listening? It's called uh, The Green Ribbon Around Jane's Neck, which is based off the old folktale. The green ribbon that yeah. you see in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it, it's excellent. It's I love excellent. it. Yeah.
2: Congrats. That's awesome. Uh, you we, did it yourself.
1: Woohoo. Yay. That's right. <laughs> We're all about that. Trust us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did it with the help and and that it goes, no, I can't say that we did it all by ourselves because we did it with our community. Yes, of mm-hmm. course. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's a community effort. Yes. And and I hope that uh the final product um leaves everyone feeling uh satisfied and that their money was well spent. Yes. Because mm. we don't take we don't take that for granted. You know what I mean? Where it's like again, like we're, we're, we're working class artists. We're, we're like, it's, it's a community effort. Like that's, that's what it is at the end of the day.
2: Mm -hmm. Where can all of our followers find you? What's your Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz?
1: Um, God almighty. It would be nice, Heather, if you knew that. Um, (laughs) We can post it. Don't worry. We'll we'll go ahead. We'll share uh, it for you. I think it's Heather Madaraz because my last name is, is so
2: long. (laughs) Um, Heather Christine Marie Madarazzo. Right?
1: Chris, yeah, Heather Christina Marie Heather Christina Marie. Like, Got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's my that is my full uh adopted uh Catholic name. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're like, get rid of some of that square <laughs> away in that. Oh Heather, thank you so much for joining thank us. Yes, it's that been was such so a, lovely. A pleasure having oh, you thank on. You. Thank, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. It was an
2: absolute joy. Well, yes. next time we're at a con together, let's do dinner. hmm. Fuck yes, I would love that. <laughs> Let's
3: do it. Amazing awesome. guys. Well, happy Thank Valentine's so Day, everybody. Yes. And happy Tuesday. Hug your hug
2: your person and we're sending you lots of love have today. Lots of or sex. hug yourself <laughs> and have sex with yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye, everybody.